Welcome back to another episode of the Shalana Fultz Talk Show. I am so glad that you're here with me. I have a special guest today. As you know, if you've been following me and my journey, I recently graduated from Goldman Sachs' One Million Black Women Black in Business program, and I am sharing stories from other black women in business who were also a part of the inaugural cohort with me. But before we get into that, it's time for the win of the week. I'm going to share my win for this week, and then I want you to share yours with me over on Instagram at Shalana Foltz. Okay, so this week, my company, HBCU Legacy Fashion, had an amazing meeting with a huge company that is interested in selling my products in their stores. (laughs) And that's all I can say (laughs) for now. But I am so excited about this partnership, especially because I grew up shopping at this particular store. Um, okay, but moving along, I can't share too much about that yet. Moving along to my guest, Denisha Wells is a Nashville native who has something in common with me. We've always wanted to be in business. And I love that about her because nowadays the entrepreneurship thing seems to be a little bit of a fad and that's perfectly fine because I'm here for it. I'm here for everyone getting and starting a business. But Zanisha has been dancing all of her life and she's very good at it. So good that during the pandemic, she opened up her own business called Risk Gave Regards that our beloved Goldman Sachs has helped her to grow. And you'll hear all about that shortly. But for now, help me welcome to the show, Zanisha Wells. Hi, Denisha. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here today. Hey. So I always start my show off by asking everyone what they wanted to be when they were eight years old. So what did eight-year-old Denisha want to be when she grew up? When I was eight years old, I know for sure that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had no idea what type. I just knew I've always wanted to work for myself. So I can remember yeah, I remember back in school, they would give us assignments. You know, they would be like, what do you want to be within the next five to 10 years? Or where do you see yourself? I've always seen myself working for self or like being some type of some type of professional, some type of executive professional. Oh, my gosh, that is so me. You're the first person I think that I've interviewed that said that like everyone I interview is an entrepreneur now, but no one says that's what they always want to be. For me, I always wanted to be one too. So, and I, I mean, and like you said, some type of professional, I wanted to be able to wear like some nice suits, whether it was an attorney, but also I remember saying I wanted to be a fashion designer, an actress, all I, everything was working for myself. So that's so cool that you ended up becoming the entrepreneur that you wanted to be. But today you have a business called Risque Regards. So how did you go from, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I'm also a dancer now and I'm going to turn this dancing into a business. Tell us all about that. So dance, honestly, is something that I've always been gifted at. It's something that has always been my, like, no matter what, growing up, no matter what trials and tribulations were thrown my way, dance was what I always had. Like, that was what nobody could take away from me. So I've always danced my entire life. Like, it started at the family cookouts. Like, I don't know. I just, I came out the room dancing. That was like, that's my passion. That's my thing. That's what I do. Um, but I've always been um, very intelligent. Like I've always loved to learn and I've always liked to tear things apart to put them back together in a more efficient way. So like processes, administration, project management, that's always been kind of my thing. So in school, um, 
I was always hands on on putting something together and leading. So um, I've had all types of jobs and the more jobs I got, the more I learned that, you know what, I could really do this for myself. Like I would study the jobs, like look at the job descriptions. I was the person who would tell on management, like I feel if I'm being discriminated against in any type of way, form or fashion, or if you're making me uncomfortable, I'm in them SOPs. I'm like, mm-mm, wait a minute. So I would go and read these job descriptions, read the SOPs, the handbooks to all of these different jobs I had. And I've worked in so many different fields. And I would be like, you know what? I could really do this for myself. So I had all types of corporate jobs. I started getting a lot of assistant work, um, just administrative roles um, higher up. And I thought that was going to be my life. So I was an acquisition agent before the pandemic, but I had always danced on the side. Like all throughout high school, I started dancing in high school officially like I had always danced before then but I had never been on a team until high school so I started as a pantherette was what we called it we were halftimers for the basketball season and then two years later I became a majorette um, for my high school and we were dancing during football season Um, and then I went on tour with DD4L it was three ladies who like did their own spinoff tour I went on tour with them and toured that whole summer um, and it was just an experience. Like, I just loved dance and I kind of just got looped into it because I used to be so shy. I was so afraid. I did not want to come from the back. I would not speak to a crowd. I wouldn't do any of that. Um, but I was so good at dancing. People would kind of like pull me out of my shell. Like, hey, we need you to come. We need you to come to the front. Or like, hey, how do you feel about leading this girl? Or can you go help them? Because we know you got it down pat. Um, and it went from that to like, okay, will you travel with me and help me coach this team? Or like, will you work with these individuals over here and I'll pay you? And it just all kind of happened. But when the pandemic happened, we were laid off from our jobs. Mm-hmm. And um, I started working for Dan Studios as a contractor. And that went on for a while. But the more I started to read them contracts and those SOPs and those handbooks, I was like, now, wait a minute. <laughs> you want to pay me $20 an hour, but they pay like 400 to book this party and I only get 20 of that mm-hmm. plus tips, but I can't ask for tips. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do my own thing. So then I started renting out studios um, and building my own platform and clientele on um, social media, on um, just like word of mouth, telling other people, putting it out there and the business just became a thing. I was like, you know what? I could really do this. This is what makes me happy. And no matter how much I tried to run away from my passion, somehow, like somehow it spent the block, no matter how much I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to work this corporate job. I used to have like my three, four, five year plan. Like I'm going to work X amount of years. I'm going to save this. And something always happened where it was like, no, no, you quit that job or something didn't work out. Um, And I just went back to Dan. So now um, after we graduated the cohort, I was like, I'm not getting another job. I'm going to put my all into this business because I know that, you know, it could really grow into something. Man, Tanisha, you are speaking my language. Like this, that's so me. Like it's always been that way for me with my corporate jobs. It's like, I would take these contracted positions and then they would always say, oh, you're so great. Like they love what I didn't work, but they would never like hire me on full time. And it will always be something like, oh, well, she decided to come back off of maternity leave and take the job or this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I don't understand. It just feels like I'm supposed to be here. But I wasn't. I was not supposed to be there. And so back in March of this year, I was doing a, a, um, another job that was contracting. I had been there for about eight or nine months. And I felt like, Shalena, if you don't do this right now and stop this job, 
then you about to miss out on some things. Mind you, I did not know anything about the Goldman Sachs thing at that time. <laughs> so had no clue. Like I hadn't even seen that yet. A friend sent it to me late, like after I decided to put the job, a friend sent it to me. And that's when I was like, okay, I'll apply. But that week I applied. And then I think the next week my um, kids were on spring break. And so we went to Disney World. I had never been in Disney World before. And I was sitting in bed one morning and I sent um, one of my other friends who just started her business. I was like, hey, you and your sister, because her sister is in business too, should apply for this program with Goldman Sachs. Because I was thinking like, okay, I'll apply, but I'll tell people too, because what if I don't get it, you know? Right. And then, yeah. And so, and then like, I got asked for an interview. And so when my, um, when I had the interview, I told my husband, I was like, you know what? The program is supposed to start in a couple of weeks. So if they're asking me for an interview, I'm, I'm pretty much already picked. Like I was thinking that way. Like, obviously they don't have time to go back in. They've already decided who they wanted. But they're having this interview to kind of confirm that, th- that the person still wants to do it. That's how I felt. Or that, you know, or not just not just that they still want to do it, but just to kind of get a feel for the person. Like, you know, they had to meet the person. So I was like, I think we already have it. Like, <laughs> I got it in the bag. So, but what I told my husband was like, if I didn't quit that job, like, I don't think I would have gotten this opportunity with Goldman Sachs because I believe it was like an obedience thing. I had just listened to Bishop Jakes. He had did this message and he like looked at the TV and he was like, there's somebody out there basically like, if you don't do this now, like, you know, I'm telling you your life depends on this. You have to do this now. And so I was like, oh my God, he's talking to me and he's looking at me through the TV. Like this, it, it felt so real. Like you have to do it right now. And when I started, when I, when I decided I wasn't going to go back, that's when the door started opening. And so it's very similar to you. Like, that's when, you know, we had the opportunity to do the Goldman Sachs. And then we had the um, 10K SB. And I'm, I got to meet Chris Paul there. And I got to give him one of my jackets. And it was like, things like this would not have happened if I wasn't obedient to that that voice that said, this ain't it. Yeah, so yeah. Tell me about, so, you know, we were both in the Goldman Sachs program. So tell me about, like, your experience, like, how you found out about it, how you, you know, your whole application process, and just how you felt about the whole program. Uh, Goldman Sachs changed my life, literally. <laughs> um, so I found out about it through another program. I participate in a lot of programs because, um, backstory, I am a proud college dropout. Like, I thought college was my thing. I did everything I was supposed to do in high school. I was 80 on a roll literally every year. Um, and I got to college and it was just, I don't know, it just didn't work out. So no. I have always um huh where'd you go TSU I think that was my first problem like I stayed home because I just love Nashville so much and everyone else like all of my friends left and went elsewhere so I was lonely but um I went there on a full academic ride and it just did not give what it was supposed to give I wanted the HBCU experience I wanted to be with my people this that and the third and I got there and I was literally so miserable um that I was suicidal I just was not in a healthy place I was going through a lot of mental issues and I I wasn't able to get the help that I needed so instead of me letting that reflect in my academics I just withdrew and when I tried to apply for other colleges and go elsewhere um no one wanted to give me my financial aid and I was like well I'm not paying because I know I like I know I'm smart enough to get aid so I did that. It didn't work out. So I've always tried to further my education in my field. And I also understood that with entrepreneurship, you don't need a degree, but I still tried to 
um, participate in all of these programs and accelerate it. So there's a nonprofit here in Nashville called Corner to Corner, the Academy. And it's basically um, a 10 to 12 week program that they put you through where you can basically flush out your idea. So I went through that program and as an alum, they send us so many resources and opportunities. So they had um, became partners with Goldman Sachs and they told the alum about the program. And literally, and y'all, this is a little personal. I was just minding my business in the bathroom. You know how you just sitting on the toilet scrolling? <laughs> <laughs> y'all was just, doo -doo 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 -doo. I was scrolling um, and I seen it and it seemed so simple. They were just like, hey, all you have to do is fill out this application. And I had never like um, filled out anything. I didn't know anything about a stipend or what that was, or like, I didn't really know anything about grants or um, accelerators that were this big to where like they would bring us to them and provide the education and this, that, and the third. So with all of that, can you hear those notifications? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I have them. Do not. You're on your computer, huh? Like it's coming from your computer. <laughs> I figured it was. Well, I was on, do not disturb. But let me see if I can. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I did that, and then um, I just went for it. I filled it out. It asked. It told me the requirements, and I was so shocked that I fit them. I'm like, I'm, I'm a black woman. I'm like, I, I'm a solopreneur. I'm like, you know, I, I have my statements from the first year. Like, I was really proud of myself because I was going through. Um, you know, we have those just. It'd be up and down where, you know, moment. Do everything. yeah, and then I was just having a down moment. I was like, you know, I got this. I could, I could turn this in. I could show, I could show a few numbers. So um, I did that and I just didn't think about it. I didn't tell anybody. I don't tell anybody when I apply for something because I am afraid of projection. I'm like, I don't want to get anybody hyped up and then I don't get it. Yeah. So I didn't tell anybody. And then next thing you know, I had an interview and I was so afraid, um, but in the interview, I felt the same as you. I was like, oh, I got this in the bag. But what did it for me, they were saying um, in the interview, like, are you vaccinated? And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> I don't even remember that part. They made sure it was like in order to come here, you have to show your vaccination card. And I was like, dang. And she was like, yeah, this is coming up. Because I think I had my interview maybe like, it was literally maybe four, three to four weeks before we came out there. So she was like, you need to get it now. You need to get it right now. And I'm like, ma'am, I don't want to get this if I ain't coming. So that kind of living out was like, that's so you how you knew. See, that's how you knew. They were already, they, you, they had already chosen us. That's how you knew. <laughs> yeah, she said, I was like, well, let me hop on it. Cause she, she, just, she gave me that, she gave me that mama look like. <laughs> get it done now. But and you know what's funny? <laughs> you said how you were kind of like feeling it. I, I go through these moments too where something will get me down or I'm feeling like, oh, I feel depressed today. Like, and then something good happens. And so that's how I know something good. Whenever I'm feeling that, I feel like it's just like the enemy trying to like bring me down and stuff. Because right after that, it's like, that's why I was feeling bad. He was trying to trick me because something good was happening. And it's like always something good right around the corner. So whenever I get that way, I'm like, nah something good's about to happen so it can only go up from here <laughs> right like yeah it's only up from here so I got that I got vaccinated and um I got accepted and I was just so excited I had no idea what to expect and when I got there I had I I am proudly pro-black but it's just different when you see it in action like it's one thing to hear about it 
and you know to see it on social media and um you know women empowerment black woman this black woman that entrepreneur this entrepreneur that all of that is great but to see it in real time and to be a part of it was literally life-changing for me I had never seen so many successful black women I had never seen so many diverse businesses and it just made me uh, it reassured me like you belong here you're supposed to be here you were meant to be here and you are purposeful like you people see you with your business and keep going just keep going so to be surrounded by so much love by so many educated boss women I was just like so motivated and encouraged I felt like I was really hanging with the big dogs and I know like me I think me and one other girl were the youngest in there so I just felt like I was in black girl magic heaven. I was like, this is the dream come true to see all of this in real time and to see so many other people doing it. I know that I can do it too. Like it's already done now. Yes. But you know what you said? They they did keep telling us like you belong here, especially at the summit. And that really resonated with me too, because we've been in rooms before where we just didn't feel like we belong. Like I, like I said, I planned weddings for years and I planned them in North Carolina and there were there were times when I was in rooms where I was the only black person and nobody was really paying me any attention none of the other vendors it was kind of like this was like 2012 2013 and the the playing field was a little bit different than now everyone wants to be inclusive and everything but it did feel good to be in a room of of like-minded women who were all you know having the same goal of being a successful business owner. So I agree with that. But going back a little bit to after the, well, during the pandemic, you start your business. How did you decide what type of dance you wanted to do and what type of dance you wanted to focus on? Because sometimes people have so many different types of offers with their businesses, but it seems like you focus on one type of dance. So let's talk about that. Yes. So um, I focus on dance, um, adolescence dance. I specifically teach twerk classes and I chose that as my niche um, because I've always been good at throwing it back and (laughs) crazy, but truly like truly it is a true art craft. Um, And I started off dancing doing majorette. So I feel like that was a niche in itself because um, a, a lot of people think baton twirling or they just think marching band they don't really understand the culture behind it so I wanted to stay cultural uh, I don't really care I just feel like hip-hop is completely overplay like we have so many of this that and the third like we have so many ballet classes hip-hop contemporary jazz um, but there aren't many twerk classes and Nashville is the number one bachelorette spot so like business is booming I get most of my revenue comes from private parties being like bachelorette parties, but I still have those classes and one-on-ones, private sessions, all of that. So I decided to teach twerk because it's what I love to do. And it is a true art form. It's a workout, it's fitness, it's fun. Um, it's most, mostly, it's, um, it builds confidence. Like truly, once you are able to tap in to your divine feminine energy, when you learn to love yourself and learn to love your body the way that it, uh, the way that it is, and you learn to work with yourself, nobody can tell you anything. Like nobody can tell you anything. You can walk in any room as long as your chin out, um, your chin is up and your chest is out. Literally, no one can tell you anything. And I really think that that specific dance and twerking, twerking, shaking your butt, or doing anything like sexy, doing anything that 
most people wouldn't do or most people look at like, mm, you know, that's, that's a little raunchy. It's culture. It's like, you wouldn't understand it because I'm not going to say it's not for you, but like, this is for us. This is our safe space. This is what brings us joy. This is what we enjoy doing. So um, I wanted to share that because I feel like it was a lot of self-love, mm-hmm. a lot of me learning um, self-love. And that was just a journey for me. And I wanted to share it with other people. And I was like, this is how I want to share my craft with you and my story with you and my journey with others. And it works. Like clients, I've gotten so many reviews where they're like, oh, I've done something I've never done before. Or, you know, I didn't know what to expect when I came in or at first I was really uncomfortable, but now I feel empowered. Like I feel like a whole new person. I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I could move like this despite my body type or just that and the third. So that's kind of what made me hone into that and just take it and run with it. Okay. That's awesome. So with the 1 million black women in business program, I'm sure you had challenges that you faced in your business prior to starting the program. How did the program help you with any of the challenges that you may have had? I would say, um, I guess you can identify a challenge. So like, what was like maybe a challenge you had like with your business and then like going through the program, what kind of like helped you? So I thought again, that I was nervous that no one would accept my business because it was twerk classes and I'm here being sponsored by Goldman Sachs, like the biggest financial firm in the world they're not going to sponsor me. Like they're not going to believe in me or they're not going to want to push this. But um, honestly being motivated and my mentor and my advisor and my advisory board, them showing me that like, hey, hone in on the niche. Like don't run away from it, embrace it because you have all of these people here. I would say my biggest thing was not knowing my customer persona Mm -hmm. and not understanding like the difference in the benefits between B2C and B2B. So once we went through um, the curriculums and they had the statistics to back up the research and then were able to teach that to us and for us to do it ourselves, like once I did that for my business, I was like, okay, I definitely need to change my model. Like I have the right strategies. I'm just doing them in the wrong order. And that is why I'm not seeing results. So I really believe that the biggest thing that I took away from that whole program was like the structure and order of operations. Like I had everything, I was just doing it in the wrong order. And this whole program really gave me the opportunity to like, hey, step out of the light for the minute, uh, for a minute. Like I was so used to doing stuff like this, being in front of the camera, um, just selling my personality that I was just going in circles and I'm like you know I'm doing this right I'm doing a study I'm taking all of these curriculums and accelerators and programs and I know these people and my network is awesome I have all of these resources why am I not seeing results but I had to take a step back and listen and look at the order and I'm like okay so I really got to change that around and I'm still changing my business model um, because now like they really showed me that you could really do this and you could, this is so much bigger than me. Like you could really scale with it. So I have to make sure that the structure is on point A1 if I want to go like global with this, you know, because you need to be prepared to not only receive those blessings, but to be able to maintain them. So I'm like, okay, they gave me the opportunity to step back, switch things around and then present it. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I believe 
um, in the past year or so, I started doing a lot of mindset work and I even worked with a mindset coach last year. And so it's like a daily thing, like renewing your mind and to, to be able to even, you know, um, succeed in business the way you want to you just have to have that certain mindset that you that it's going to happen it's mostly about having lots of faith but one thing Melissa Bradley said when we first got there was she called us CEOs and for me all these years that I've been an entrepreneur I never considered I never would sign my name as a CEO or anything like that so I was I'll always say like founder and owner or owner or something like that because I was like well my little business like it's not I'm not a CEO of anything like this is not no big corporation but that really helped me and I started to see myself as founder not only founder but founder and CEO so it kind of just transformed my whole my whole thinking like I had to start thinking of myself as a CEO and as a boss like them having us to even, you know, do like org charts and write out job descriptions. My my um, business advisor, Tuesday Brooks, she had me writing out the job descriptions and doing an org chart. And that I was able to really see myself as a CEO just through this program. So, I mean, there's a million things that it helped me with, but that's like the biggest thing, like the just the mind, the mind shift for me. So, okay. So now tell us how how can people like go take your classes? Do you have virtual classes or is it just in person? Will you have virtual in, in, you know, in the future? Because maybe I want to learn how to twerk like you. So tell us how, how we can get involved. At this time, I don't have any virtual classes, but I do offer virtual private sessions. So like the same way we're right here right now, we can get a virtual session going. Mm -hmm. Um, I provide the, private parties or like private events, the private sessions being one-on-one. I offer a monthly class um, and you can find all of these things, all of my offerings and everything that I do at riskaregards.net. You can find me on all social media channels, all channels in general at riskaregards. Okay, perfect. So finally, Zanisha, will you leave us with your favorite quote or life mantra? Yes. So the slogan of my business is your confidence is your best feature. And I truly believe that with everything in me. Again, as long as you walk in somewhere like you belong there with your chin up and your chest out, who's to tell you that you don't? It's all about believing in yourself. It doesn't matter your status, your credentials, where you come from. None of that matters. As long as you believe in yourself, the law of attraction, everybody else is going to perceive you that way. However you treat yourself is how people will look at you. So your confidence is your best feature. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Anisha. Thank you. If this episode resonated with you, please give it five stars and leave a review. You can also head to youtube.com slash the Shalana Foltz talk show to watch the full episode. And as always, you can find me over on Instagram at Shalana Foltz.